the only thing you care about. That's right. The Football Pod is back. If GAA is the only thing you care about, make sure you don't miss the return of the Football Pod. You just knew it was coming down the track. Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The headline news, I suppose, is that there is now a distinct possibility, maybe even probability, that boxing won't be at the 2028 games in L.A., which uh, seems extraordinary to say. But uh, Gavin Casey from The 42 is with us to tell us more. Gav, thanks for the time. Not at all, Joe. How are you? Yeah, very well. So this all seems rather extraordinary that somehow boxing might not be at the Olympics. Uh, The gist, and then you can uh, inform us of some of the particulars, but really there's a bit of a dispute between the International Olympic Committee and the IBA, the International Boxing Association, and they run amateur boxing in the world. And in effect, the International Olympic Committee do not like the leadership of Umar Kremlev. And just this morning, there was a vote which effectively uh, permits any kind of leadership challenge to Kremlev. Uh, One of the reasons uh, people aren't too fond of Kremlev, his association with Russia and Gazprom and Putin. And this is genuine. Boxing may well not be an Olympic sport, which again, just seems bizarre to be saying. Yeah, I'm not sure if the magnitude of the news has sunk into, say, the Irish sports fan or even sports fan, generally speaking. I suppose, to be fair, amateur boxing is something that, to say, a casual consumer of sport, it might only rear its head every four years anyway, and it doesn't feel seasonal. So maybe any amateur boxing news doesn't feel big right now. But there is now, as you put it, the distinct probability that boxing won't be at the 2028 Olympic Games. It had already been left off a list of sports for those LA games because, as you say, the IOC have an issue with Umar Kremlev, who's currently the president of IBA, uh, formerly known as IEBA. Uh, That is the global governing body of boxing who have been suspended by the IOC since 2019. Everybody is, uh, I would imagine, au fait with the stories of corruption and and the various issues that have plagued that organization in recent years. But as you outlined uh, at an extraordinary congress this morning, it was voted upon by all of the delegates uh, of IBA, so basically every boxing country in the world, apart from Ukraine, who were forbidden from voting, which is a, a separate story we probably don't even have time for. Mm. And 106 of those countries voted um, basically back in Kremlin, uh, forbidding uh, somebody from challenging his leadership this time around. And the 36 countries uh, went the other way. So it was an overwhelming majority, an overwhelming mandate given, I guess, to Kremlev, despite the fact that uh, the IOC uh, basically don't even view EBA as being a legitimate organization under his stewardship. They don't trust his ability to keep the organization on the road financially, and they don't really see it as a sustainable organization uh, into future Olympic cycles. Um, So under his guidance, and he's taken almost an anti-Olympic stance, it looks like there will be no boxing at the 2028 Games. It will be uh, in Paris in 2024, but it'll be under the uh, control of the IOC, similarly to Tokyo, where they basically created a boxing tournament separate to EBA's governance. Mm. So, like, for instance, just 10, 12 days ago in Moscow, there was an international uh, boxing uh, gym opened, a national boxing centre opened in Moscow. And this is uh, Sean McGoldrick's piece in the Sunday Independent, where he was preempting, I suppose, this vote this morning. And you have Vladimir Putin there at this boxing gym in Moscow and you have Kremlev there from International Boxing Association and uh, 
Kremlevs uh, come into power just in the last couple of years. He uh, seems to have brought in a lot of money. He signed a multi-million dollar sponsorship deal with Gazprom. So again, all these uh, links are uh, fairly clear for all of us to see with Putin and with Russia. And what the IOC want him out and then they'd be happy. But I mean, these links with Russia, I'm sure, are fairly well ingrained. And uh, I I just can't believe that the association has been hijacked and this has been allowed to happen. Ah, you can't believe it. I mean, I I know what you're saying. Like, it is extraordinary that a... Uh, an organization of this stature can be hijacked to this extent, but it is EBA at the same time. So it's never been well run? Not for, an, not for an awfully long time. I mean, everybody would be familiar with, say, the uh, maybe not necessarily the McLaren report specifically, yeah. but basically an investigation into the corruption that blighted Olympic boxing in, say, 2012, 2016. We had Michael Conlon, one of our own boxers, fall foul of that. And that was under the stewardship of, uh, of C.K. Wu, who, uh, you know, almost bankrupted the organization, really. Uh, Which is why they Kremlin need Gazprom's money. Yeah, and, and Kremlin was making the point that, like, Wu had an IOC position, you know, whereas he views himself as independent. And uh, a couple of his quotes from this Congress are interesting in how... Uh, fervently, he seems to take an anti-Olympic stance. Now, should be pointed out that there was somebody to challenge his leadership, somebody who attempted to do so four months ago, a Dutchman by the name of Boris van der Voorst. He was forbidden uh, because of his perceived breach of EBA rules of some sort uh, four months ago. He took that to the Court of Arbitration for Sport to overturn that. So that's what this Congress this morning was about. Basically, there there is a challenger to him, but EBA were EBA delegates rather were asked should they have another election, basically, and they decided mm-hmm. against having that election. The thing is, if uh, Kremlin was to depart or, or or be forcibly removed by vote or otherwise, I would imagine that Gazprom money could disappear. Mm-hmm. And I would say how he's managed to consolidate consolidate his position is actually because of some of those sponsorship deals that he has been able to bring to the table. Gazprom, Adidas, who were announced today as a new sponsor who will be sending kits to every country. Um, the thing is, what he has managed to do is uh, retain the backing of a lot of countries who don't win Olympic medals anyway. Like okay. The major powers would probably rather somebody did come in because the major powers value the Olympic Games. I mean... I wouldn't go as far as to say Ireland is a major power uh, from a, an administrative standpoint in international boxing. It certainly is in a competitive standpoint. If the Olympics is taken off the table, funding for boxing in this country will all but disappear. Like most of the state funding towards boxing is predicated upon our success at the Olympic Games. So that would be the reality facing quite a lot of countries. But what Kremlev has managed to do is mm. uh, ensure that the sponsorship let's say or the finances will continue to flow to countries who most of whom uh, don't win medals at the olympics and can just focus on world championships or their continental championships and uh, it was telling i think in kremlev's uh, soliloquy earlier that he mentioned he wants bo- this to be known as eba boxing not olympic boxing right. when we're referring okay. to amateur boxing a lot of people would obviously disagree with him for very obvious reasons. Okay, now I follow you. So when I said earlier, I can't believe it's been hijacked to this extent, the extent I mean is that it wouldn't be at the Olympic Games, which 
from mm. an Irish perspective, well, that's the whole point of this thing. You know, if you're not winning medals, then at the games, I mean, that, that, that's the pinnacle every four years. So this guy comes in, he brings Gazprom money and he filters that money around to all the nations for whom the Olympic Games are not the be all and end all. And therefore he has a majority and the bigger uh, fighters lose out in effect because they don't get their chance every four years to win an Olympic medal. Yeah, I think to his perspective on it is that he is trying to strengthen the organization. He is trying to strengthen the EBA, give it a more solid footing, if you like, and uh, almost to hell with anybody who tries to interfere with that at this point. And, and he has supporters, obviously, in that line of thinking. I mean, the Congress today, so many of the delegates... Uh, but we don't. We don't even need. To, we, we don't even need to indulge that, do we? I mean, it's him. It's Gazprom. It's Putin. What do you think Putin and Russia's attitude to the IOC is? You know, that, this is <laughs> this is just uh, disruptive and trying to tear at the fabric of whatever they can. Yeah, uh, I suppose the interesting thing from my point of view, looking ahead, is okay. Uh, would there be a chance, say, for the thirty-six countries who essentially voted? to remain an Olympic sport. That wasn't the, they weren't the specifics of the vote this morning, but that's really what it was because yeah. in um, voting in favor of holding another election, you were opening the door for Van der Voorst to come in and he is pro-Olympics and has been campaigning uh, in that vein. But like, could you have a, a breakaway organization with those 36 countries, including some of the, the biggest powers in boxing? Conceivably, yes, but then you're likely, uh, sh- preventing your fighters from fighting in world championships in Europeans, if you're a European nation or, or Pan American Games, etc., mm. uh, because you wouldn't be under EBA's umbrella. I would also say, even if those 36 countries successfully created their own uh, global governing body, let's call it, mm. if they went to the IOC and said, well, will you allow us in? And can we just have a 36 country uh, Olympic competition? I'm not sure that would wash with the IOC necessarily, even if they were all on the same page in terms of what they wanted, the Olympics is famously uh, meant to include every country, mm. apart from maybe Russia when they overstep the mark or whatever. But it, it seems inconceivable to me that they would make an exception for boxing and just allow a select number of countries in while they were doing their own thing. So it's hard to find a way out of this. Kremlev's uh, reign now will last for another four years. So it'll probably be ahead of the LA Olympics. We're having a similar conversation about 2032 and so on. Um, and it's... It, for a long time, Joe, I felt as though the IOC would never take as drastic a measure as to kick boxing out of the Olympic Games. And like there was talk of this even ahead of Tokyo. The IOC suspended. EBA came in, organized their own tournament in the interest of the athletes. They're doing the same thing in Paris. But I actually do think the reality is now that they're not going to continue with this charade. And that ultimately, um, when so many countries actually voted against IOC wishes today, per se. Mm. Why the hell would they bother trying to help yeah. even athletes from these countries anymore? Like, boxing will continue to shoot itself in the foot, and the IOC's attitude will probably be led. This is extraordinary. Um, to be parochial for a second, I mean, for Irish boxers, this is just devastating. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, I really would have concerns for the feasibility of the sport here at an amateur level um, mm. beyond Paris now. The, the interesting thing is uh, there is another side to it, which is that a lot more amateur boxers will likely pursue professional careers if the Olympics isn't the carrot being dangled in front of them or isn't the, the be-all and end-all. Uh, the problem is we don't actually have the infrastructure for a professional boxing scene here. So 
essentially we will wind up exporting all of our best talents, as has been the case in recent years. But at least you've had the Kelly Harringtons and the Kayla Walshes, Aiden Walshes, etc. Amy Broaders, brilliant fighters who believe in the amateur program and, and wanted to pursue their dreams here. It feels as though, or it feels likely that, um, the next generation of those types of talents and the next fighters on the conveyor belt, of whom there are so many, brilliant 15, 16, 17-year-olds as we speak, will probably just have to move abroad if they want to continue to box and do it professionally because it feels unlikely that it will be as tantalizing a prospect for them to remain amateur when they're likely not being funded or at least not funded to the same extent mm. without an Olympic Games in play. Extraordinary. Gav, thanks so much for bringing us up to speed on that. Thanks, Mil Joe.